0: Hackers are sharing data and that's why they're winning. I'm Tanya Hall and joining me is Neil Dennis, Cyber Intelligence Advisor at Cyware. Welcome Neil.
1: Hi Tanya, thank you for having me today.
0: Of course. Tell us a little bit about your cybersecurity background and what you do there at Cyware.
1: Yeah, I am um, play kind of the threat intel specialist role more or less here at Cyware. So, Uh, One part advisor back to our customer base, Um, another part kind of internal product advisor to kind of help make sure that customer relations map out to product goals and anticipations and that everybody's happy on both sides of the equation. And then the last part of that is kind of more around customer success and kind of helping manage key accounts, more specifically around sharing communities and kind of helping roadmap ideas and processes for them as well.
0: How do hackers go about sharing data and what exactly do they share
1: that's a great question so um, hackers are very business oriented uh, cybercrime in general is cybercrime it's very business oriented in, in the grand scheme of things so you know they're, they're all about monetizing what's going on so if we look back historically you know, you've got one guy who's really good at exploit A, another guy who's really good at exploit B, they both see a potential target but know that they don't have exploit C. So maybe they'll swap exploits around to be able to get into that target. And so they have their own underground forums, their networks. Uh, some of them even have potentially actual office spaces and business environments where they're sitting down and actually sitting next to a coworker who's working on exploit A, B and C as well, right? And so, yeah, it kind of runs the gambit but a lot of it happens in what people call the, the dark web right so the uber deep dark secret webs forms places that google doesn't really touch and you'll find a whole host of things from somebody who specializes just in a botnet to carry bad things and and monetize you know the computers that have been exploited and then another person who wants to take advantage of that network to load new malware families they all kind of come together, parse out things that they think make sense for their business endeavors, and lo and behold, you know, you've got this wonderful cyclic network of one person specializing in A, another person specializing in B, and you know, we're all kind of shafted in the end.
0: (laughs) So what's the solution?
1: Yeah, the solution is hard um, in a sense, but it shouldn't be. Um, If the bad guys are sharing information, and they do it very, very well, like I mentioned, with like the business mentality of a lot of these things, uh, you know, I help you; you help me, and we need to kind of focus on that approach as well. So, there's a lot of little elements behind this um, between, especially ISAC and ISAWS, the information sharing groups that have been established. Um, there's a lot of a lot of smaller sharing communities that have spun off of groups like that, or have just started kind of accidentally coming out of like like b sides or something like that. And a group get together, and they're like, "Hey, you know, this threat bothered me. Do you know more about it?" Next thing you know, you've got an email distro. So one of the big things is, is just making sure communication pipelines are open and establishing relationships with your peers across the industry verticals that you're in and then hoping to build that out of just your industry vertical. So sharing communities, those ISAC, ISALs help do that a lot. But there's nothing to say that you can't walk down the street if you're in a big city and go to your friend who sits in a security center and be like, hey, guys, let's have a meeting in the afternoon and kind of coffee clutch around what's bothering us. But it's, it's really just about communication pipelines. And right now, they're very verbal. Uh, they, they started off that way. We had listservs, forms, blogs that were kind of closed off for people like this as well. But it's hard to action that data. Uh, you can scrape it. You can download it in a flat file. You can maybe put together some kind of script to say when post A comes in, get it right. Um, so as an evolution of that over the last couple of years, we've seen these sharing communities understand that automation is king in this world. And I think once we get over that hump of adopting that automation, you know, whether that's a SOAR platform like uh, Pick a Flavor um, or whether that's just you know, straight up API integrations with the sets that are coming in, we'll start to finally match more or less that speed of what happens within the cybercrime community. And now we have this massive sensor grid, hopefully, of all your friends and family out there. And when something kicks off over here, instead of waiting for them to email and say, hey, I think something bad happened, Um, hopefully that incident just travels automatically through the various orchestration pipelines and everybody within minutes or or at least hours at the high end is very cognizant of what's going on.
0: What other traditional boundaries need to be broken down to enhance cybersecurity?
1: There's a lot of cultural issues and a lot of preconceived notions around legal I think um, from what I've seen. So I think everybody understands that it needs to happen Uh, but they don't necessarily grasp that it can happen as quickly as it can through automation nowadays. Uh, I think everybody in the security world understands what SOAR is at a high level. They understand that orchestration can help them do something, but they don't necessarily know that it can help with information sharing, get along the rest of their issues, right? So the preconceived notions that everything has to be manual, or that it's uh, more of an altruistic approach to cybersecurity, when in reality, I don't really think you should perceive it as altruism back to your industry sector. You should perceive it as just business as usual. And it should be a fact of life for your organization to be sharing this information, at least within your industry vertical, if they have an ISAC, ISAL, and if they don't make one and, and become that thought leader within that community. Um, Too many people think that it's, it's simply just a value added as a, Hey, look at me, we're being nice. Um, So the culture shift needs to change. And then on top of that, There's a lot of things that pre-2015 or so, um, legal concerns about if I share this information, is this actually a breach? Uh, If I'm sending you creds from uh, an incident to help you track inside your system, am I sharing you PII that now means I did something illegal? And a whole bunch of other preconceived notions around legality. And the reality of it is after about 2015 or so with the Cyber Information Security Act, sharing act, we were able to... Do these things with a kind of carte blanche of the understanding that if it elevates the security of another organization, this is not a breach. This is not uh, You know, an illegal activity on your part. You're not unintentionally causing some kind of breach of data by sharing data. Um, You know, if you share it out, it helps somebody else and you can confirm that idea when you do these things, at least even loosely then 99.9% of the time, FBI, DHS, or whoever else, isn't gonna come down and slam you with some kind of legal proceedings, say, oh my gosh, how could you, so.
0: Neil Dennis, Cyber intelligence Advisor at Cyware. If somebody wants to connect with you, Neil, maybe they want some advice on, on how to be, to be better protected, how can they do that?
1: Yeah, you can find me personally over on LinkedIn, um, Neil Dennis, very easy, straightforward and i'm happy to help answer questions or provide any additional insights for sure
0: thanks again and find more of my interviews right here or at Tanyahal.net. thanks for watching